The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Rhodes and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Hey everybody, it's the Title IX Podcast on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. I'm Steph Copley, joined by my co-host, Elisa Woods. Our entire podcast network, Cyclone Fanatic, is fueled by Cody Road. As you can see, we are not in studio. We're in our home studios today. But <laughs> uh, we thank our friends at the Wild Rose Casino and Resorts for that beautiful studio that we normally get to record in. Hi, Lisa. Hi. My studio is Malcolm's bedroom. What's oh, your well, studio? My studio is my office desk, which oh. is, you know, where I spend a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for better or for worse. Uh, shout out to the sponsor of our podcast, the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State. Students are on break right now, Thanksgiving break, but I got to give a shout out to the student section at the football game. Uh, I was concerned, and I know Jamie Pollard was concerned that student section might not be full because of the early yeah. departures of some students, but they showed up. I'm confident that many of those were our Ivy College of Business students as well. Yeah, yeah. Good job, students. Crossover season is in full swing, Elisa. There's so much going on that I actually forgot that our men played on Sunday until like moments before (sighs) tip-off. It's like, oh my gosh, it's here. We're in it. I know. We're in it. They played at the same time as the Packers, so Arnold and I... Did you guys double dip? back and forth. Yeah. yeah. Tis the season. Yeah. What do you want to start with? Football? Sure. Yeah. Okay, we can start, start with football. football. All right. If you've been listening, you know, Lisa and I have tried to talk about our winners and losers for every football weekend. I'll start with our winners, Elisa. I, okay. my first winner is whoever we contact, uh, contracted with for those fireworks. Yeah. Because I feel like they can't go away now. Like those <laughs> fireworks. That has to be part of just like our every game experience, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people expect it now. They're pretty awesome. They're pretty awesome. I hit a, I hit a video from the game where we were in the very last row and like I was I was zeroed in on Rosa's face to see Aww. what she thought of all the players coming in and then they set off the fireworks <laughs> and it's her being like <gasps> 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 That's so cute. Yeah, it's a really good video. But here's the funny thing. Like, I react that way. And I know they're coming now. And it's just something about it elevates that game day experience. And I know it's it's silly, maybe, but it really does work. So I think whoever we contracted with, the winner of the season, because yes, those are good. Many more. I'll also give a shout out to Mother Nature for a gorgeous fall night on Saturday. I mean, we have played some really hot games and some really cold <laughs> games. And Saturday was that sweet spot that was right in the middle. Oh, that's it was nice. like long sleeve t-shirts during tailgate mm. and then winter coat. Yes, but not like a uncomfortable cold for the game. Yeah. The only bummer is I wish it would have been 35 below for Texas. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. That Arnold was saying, he's like, Ugh, I would wish we'd get a little breeze around here for Texas. Make it as miserable. <laughs> we should have put like snow machines on their sideline and their sideline yeah. alone. Yeah. Um, my other winner, and then I'll turn it over to you for winners, was Rocco Becht. He went 24-32 with more than 300 yards passing, two touchdowns. Now, he did have an interception in a key possession of the game where the Tides had turned and we had the momentum and then things went sideways. Mm-hmm. So I'm not overlooking that, but the fact is we had 
nine total rushing yards. So he's got a lot on his shoulders. He's a freshman and I'm giving, I'm calling him my winner of the week, despite the loss, because I just feel like he, you know, he's a, he's the leader of the team. And I, he feel, it feels like he's willing to take that on his shoulders. Yeah. It, this is a thought that I had earlier today. Are we just kind of ushering in his dad as like the new, like Brock Mr. Purdy's Purdy? dad? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think they, both his parents. Do they kind of resemble each other? The dads? In the way that like they're all American men type yeah. of guys. You know, like the classic yeah. anthem. And it's funny because Brock's mom is this, you know, like blondie, like very California. Much, like, yes. Yeah. And Rocco's mom is beautiful in her own way. Like this dark beauty she turned 50 years old last week, I think, is I saw in a tweet and I was like, Oh my god, if I look like that when I'm 40, I'm gonna feel really good. <laughs> She's more so, like New York. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. So so it's just funny we have these quarterback parents who are gorgeous and like just draw the attention to themselves That's yeah a great I, point. Think, I just think of like and there's also sometimes every once in a while they'll there'll be a player's parents or mom or dad or something that's on Twitter and will be yes. kind of become part of the like Twitter the family. family and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Kind of I was mom. Kind of Lena Grohl yeah. was always like that. In yeah. The yeah. Yeah. And uh, Maggie Espen Miller McGraw's yes. uh, mom too. Yeah. 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 So I agree with that. So those are my winners and yeah. you're right. I think Rocco's parents should be our, our winners as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my winner was Ben Bramer and I was kind of looking up his stats and they weren't super impressive, but I think that just like it passed the eye test in the way that he had his catches were at really big times. There was one that I think was across the very like middle of the field and he went up and got it and it was a very like Charlie Kohler looking catch and play and everything. And um, I think Arnold even said like, oh, that's like giving – charlie kohler vibes you know what i mean like those are good vibes yeah yeah and for him to be a freshman and to be looking forward to so many more seasons with him um i think is exciting and i think that it's a name that will i hope be as big as charlie kohler later in his uh later in the season so yeah we have a such a young team I mean I think that's incredibly important to remember as we close out the season that these are guys we want to keep so we can continue to grow and that hopefully they don't get poached more on that later yeah and I was trying to think of a loser um and I I I mean we lost obviously um but we're not losers you can't cheat like that no i know but um as i was thinking of losers my mind just kept going to another another thing i want to talk about later in the podcast yeah, okay so let's let pause me, for that part can i save my loser for another sport yes you can okay yeah that's allowed i'll allow it okay what are your losers the run game yeah yeah. Kept going up the middle. That was actually, I think, was my red flag. That was my red flag. <laughs> Rushing yards. Try, just tried to keep going up the middle, like at the same massive, hulking, giant oh man. They were like giant human yeah. beings on that Texas defensive line. Yeah. Like 
14 of us put together. I'm just wondering, do we have like a a bounce it around to the edge type of running play or that is, is that in fact in the, the technical playbook? term <laughs> the bounce it around to the edge yeah it was interesting last night uh watching the chiefs there was a on on monday night football there was a play where pacheco it was a fourth and one i think it was pacheco went mm-hmm. up the middle and they had an overhead shot so you could see how the play developed and you could see the hole that he ran through and i just thought to myself Man, I wish we could do that. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you know what? There's that, just nothing. I had that exact same thought on a kickoff return. And I I'm honestly wouldn't couldn't even tell you which team it was because it was just on on the background. Last night we had a friend over for dinner and I kind of had one eyeball on the game, just sort of watching it. But it was a kickoff return or a punt return or something. And the the players the I know what you're talking okay, about. Okay. They yes. started to kind of go around the outside and they kept getting pushed back and pushed back. And just in a split second of them realizing that all they're doing is getting pushed back. They turned back towards the middle and started going North and South, just like in that split second, just decided, Nope, got to find a, got to find a hole. Can't lose any more ground. And I was like, that's the difference between like a college kick returner yes and an nfl kick returner yeah unfortunately i mean i just feel like if you have less than double digit rushing yards as a you know yeah a major college football program you gotta you gotta figure that out yeah and i know it's texas i know that they have an incredible run defense but like nine yards yeah yeah Yeah. that's my loser um i have more losers uh special teams ish special teams has gotten much better much better but there was the missed field goal there was a dropped punt there was a someone our uh not noel hit the punt return before noel could get it Mm. there was a situation where noel let the punt uh drop five yards ahead of him it was just off it was off and then of course that uh extra point that got blocked which turned into ultimately a four point it was just one of those games where it was like man that's yeah. that had those you know feelings of old special teams yeah. so i felt like we regressed there additional losers the texas longhorns for being the texas longhorns the lady in front of me who was wearing a texas longhorn sweatshirt with a hawkeye tattoo on her cheek like get out <laughs> like, of here why what are you doing yeah and she sat down and we kind of razzled her a little bit like it was all in good fun never came back so she understood <sighs> she got the message <gasps> left as she should and yeah. then lastly I am a loser for having to leave at halftime with my six-year-old who was just done. She was done. So I picked her up, carried her in the mile back to the car, and we came home and listened to us lose on the radio. Dang. I know (sighs) that life, though. I know that life. And you are not a loser for that. You're a good mom. Thank you. It was just one of those, man. Like, Yeah. "Mm." (laughs) But I was happy to do it, and it was the right thing to do. But yeah. Those six-year-olds, man. <laughs> They're something else. They are something else. All right. We uh, turn away from Texas on to Kansas State this weekend. That's going to be an uphill battle. I think we just – I, I just want to see us play a solid football game. That's my ask for Saturday. Yeah. What's your ask? <sighs> I think I'd just like both teams to have fun. <laughs> Moving on to men's basketball then. No, I was thinking about I was thinking about something that I had said earlier about not being all that excited about 
a bowl game. And I think that then when we got to the bowl game, I was like, Ooh, Oh, that's good. But, but Oh, then again, seeing some of the, seeing some of those old habits that die hard popping up again in the Texas game and seeing just, gosh, that slow first half. And I know that I know that we were playing great defense and that's why the score is so low. And I get that like Iowa watches this type of game every week and truly my heart goes out to them. (laughs) Because it sucked. It sucked and it was not fun to watch. And it just like not make not gaining any ground and just not getting anywhere and nothing working and on either side of the ball it was just kind of like oh i will say this you're right it's so frustrating but i do see glimpses of like up tempo when rocco starts cooking things are fun again and i am willing to give some grace knowing that this is a super young team that we had to deal with a lot of off uh off season distractions with the gambling stuff and i'm hopeful that a bowl game will not only give us extra practice but will like i mentioned earlier prevent other teams from coming in and swooping in and saying hey it was a really bad season are you sure you right. want to stay there so i mean the the transfer period starts soon and hopefully just the focus on the bowl game will prevent some of that yeah i think so i guess my ask for this weekend is make me excited for a bowl game i think that's fair i think that's totally fair all right men's basketball (laughs) yeah which i'm pumped about (laughs) just another arse kicking in the non-con here's the thing i i cannot even let you get whatever you're gonna say about this game out of your mouth because i'm so (laughs) excited to say this is that a game like this in the past, we would have scored 65 points. We yes. still would have won by 30, but we would have scored 65 points. It would have been the Iowa offense in football. That's right. what our offense was in basketball. But, but it was just like we would win. The games, would we would beat, we would beat, <laughs> we would beat bad teams at the beginning of the season, the way mm-hmm. that we were supposed to, yes. but our offense would not be as efficient as it was supposed to and now are changing right and i'm now i'm looking at a highly efficient very efficient offense statistically efficient not just fun to watch right right and i'm seeing good three-point shooters and i'm seeing um uh uh I'm seeing a point guard that sees himself as a scoring threat now. Yes. He's not afraid to put the ball up. Yep. Um, I'm seeing post players fighting for the ball, getting in there for offensive rebounds. Um, I'm seeing post players that I'm are not a liability when they do get the ball, when they get the ball on, on rebounds, offensive rebounds, they're not bringing it down to their knees. They're keeping it high, going back up with it, being aggressive, still missing their free throws. But (laughs) what are you going to do about that? Some things never change, you know? (sighs) You know, it is fun, though. I mean, we're 
I watched that game and it was kind of like, well, I don't even know what to say about it because it was such a blowout. Like, yeah, there, it's like you there's nothing to pull away from that and criticize, which yeah. is ha- is how you want to go into the non-con or come out of the non-con. Mm-hmm. But I yes, a- everything you said. Absolutely. Yes. And I think it's yeah. worth noting, too. Omaha Baloo had a really, really mm-hmm. good game. 14 points, six to seven shooting uh in 20 minutes of play i mean that's that's kind of what we're expecting and it's going to take him a little while to get there but he's this he's he's on his way i think that it's interesting too that you say it's going to take him a little while to get there they've played what like five games yeah i just wonder getting there yeah we thought he was gonna in that that point is how high our expectations were for him yeah and with hassan ward out uh for the non-con i think omaha you know, stepping up to the plate is going to be even more uh, important. So, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. they they head to Orlando. I actually think um, they're there today or headed there today. They have a, that little bubble of VCU, VATEC, and Boise State. And then mm-hmm. also in the field, Butler, Florida Atlantic, Penn State, and Texas A&M. So it's, you know, one of those tournaments that they could walk out of with a win, I think, with a whatever they – is it a surfboard? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever trophy you remember that from several yes. years ago, they won. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the trophy is for this tournament, but um, hopefully they just string some games together and have some fun for the Thanksgiving yeah. tournament. Yeah, definitely. So they're headed to Orlando. Our women are on their way to Las Vegas, baby. Mm-hmm. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. So they, since our last pod, they lost against Drake, and we kind of had a feeling that. Might yeah. Happen. The bummer is um, Iowa beat Drake Sunday night, 113 to 90. Mm -hmm. And I know it's not the best measurement to compare performances against a mutual shared opponent as a barometer for how you're going to perform. Right. But I am a little concerned Um, and not just for Iowa, but for the teams we're going to face in the big 12, Kansas state knocked off Iowa. That's Mm -hmm. not an easy matchup for us in the past when we've had our best players. I assure you it's not going to be this year, Mm -hmm. but then they turn around after a loss from Drake and absolutely kick Southern's rear on Monday. Yeah. Um, Senior transfer, (gasps) Hannah Bellinger, 14 points. Are you okay? Good. Am I? Yes. Oh yeah. That sounded very violent. No. That, okay. We've talked about this before. I get, I have asthma flare ups when the, when the seasons change and it just causes fairly violent coughs. Like that one. Like that one. Okay. All right. You give me like a pause sign if you need me to pause. No, they're, they're productive coughs. <laughs> we'll call them that. Disgusting. I know they're nasty. <laughs> Uh, Hannah Bellinger, 14 points. She had four threes in the first half. So, uh, good showing for her freshman. Eddie Brown had 18 points. Addie Crooks had 16 points. Eddie Brown was seven for eight from the field. Uh, Addie Crooks shot really well as well. It's no surprise that this team is going to rely on good shooting like our Iowa state teams in the past. The only thing that I was really concerned with about Monday showing against Southern 17 turnovers, Elisa. Yeah. We're missing our girl, Emily Ryan, the assassin. We're missing her deeply. And I think that that is going to be a point of concern as we head into some more um, formidable opponents. Yeah, definitely. And, there, and there's no up, there's no real update or timetable for her return. So yeah. we're just kind of all crossing our fingers at this point yeah I think that I don't want to say like this is a rebuilding year but like very similar to 
our football team. I think that if you would have asked us a year ago what this team was going to look like, it was going to look a lot different. Mm-hmm. I think at at this time last year, I can think of like two players that we were hoping to have that we don't have playing, maybe even three that we're hoping to have that playing regular minutes that are not playing. And I think that it's just, it's a, it's a tough season. I'm still excited to go to the games, but it just, it reminds me of, and this is actually my beige flag. Um, You're spoiling everything. What is this? This is my, is this your loser? loser? This is my loser. My losers this week were, LSU, Iowa, and UConn women's basketball. And I think that those three teams losing really pointed out the parity of the women's game right now Mm -hmm. and how there's not a group of two or three teams that are the only teams that are going to win a, a national championship right now. It's just one. South Carolina. I mean, they have cruised right now. I mean, they I I'm not to say that yes. they won't get beat, but so far they are the they are the one. But I'm I'm saying that there's way more parity yes. than there was five years ago. I totally think South agree. Carolina, I think that they're pissed about last year. And I think that yeah. they're a little bit of an outlier when I'm like looking all around at the women's game right now. And I think that it's really interesting too, because people are saying like, well, Caitlin Clark is the reason why women's basketball is so popular right now. And I don't think that that's true at all. I mean, she is a reason she's not the reason. I think that the rise of the women's basketball superstar came at such a unique time. It, It like, it came at the time in the sport when the Yukons aren't winning mm-hmm. 12 national championships in a year yeah, or in a year <laughs> in a row, in a row. You know what I mean? Like yes. Stanford last year got knocked off and wasn't in the national championship. Um, I mean, there's so many, I'm just thinking about like, like South Carolina wasn't, when did they get knocked off? the elite eight last year final four was it i mean and everyone expected them to go all the way there's just like so many different teams popping into my mind right now that could give any of these teams a run for their money i totally agree it with the women's game is more and more becoming like an any given night type game And that means it's becoming like must watch TV because if you want to see your team win a big game, like you're going to have to watch it because it's possible that they might not, you know? Yeah. Uh, Yes. I agree with everything you said. And I think the, the lack of parody was a big point of complaint for a lot Mm -hmm. of people for a long time. And that's completely changed. I totally agree with you. And I think some of that has changed because of NIL money. Oh yeah. I mean, look at this, look at LSU, for example, they built a super team of superstars who are superstars because of NIL. 
And then they're even getting knocked off. I yep. totally agree with you. Yeah, it's a different game than it was even five years ago. I will say I I worry that in this time of of growing parity that the Iowa State that we knew that was consistently top of the Big 12 might have a harder time. Yeah. That's good for the sport, of yeah. course. Like that is what we want in the sport. That's bad for us as Iowa yeah. State fans. I, and we've I been saying this that. for a couple of years, like evolve or die. This women's team, like as a whole, has to evolve. Yes. And I'm optimistic that they will. I'm optimistic. The The reason that I'm optimistic that they will is that we had many years of being a small team and we said the posts are getting bigger get Mm -hmm. a big get a big we got some bigs we evolved yeah so now now we gotta use them now we gotta use them but now it's the next step we need to evolve a little bit more we need to bring in more superstars we need to bring can't have just one superstar to last us 20 years yep gotta bring in another one that's right and that's a challenge, you know, I read something that said, well, Caitlin Clark's the only reason Iowa's good. And I kind of want to be like, okay, like, yeah. I mean, she's obviously the reason why they continue to be excellent. Right. But why is that a criticism? Like, right. good for them. So I want to find the next whomever um, to be that. And it doesn't have to be like that kind of a mega star, but right. like that level of takeover game type of guard um, and I don't know if any of these freshmen are that it's too early to tell, Yeah, but I, I, I agree with you completely, like get those bigs, use them. And then what's mm-hmm. next. And yeah. that's just the way it's the way the men's game has been for a long time. Like the constantly moving forward and thinking about what's next. And I think the women's game is there. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't, I want to make sure we don't fall behind the women's games getting more competitive and that's so exciting. Yes. And, and it's faster and it's more exciting to watch from a fan perspective. Mm-hmm. I, yes, you're absolutely right. So as, as the game progresses, I hope I'm hopeful that Iowa state progresses right along with it. Um, and this, you're right. This season could be rough just because of the youth and the loss of Emily Ryan, which hopefully she can come back at some point. We'll just wait and see, but immediate future Vanderbilt Friday, Syracuse Saturday out in Vegas. We'll see how they come around. And then, um, it's going to be, it's wild. It's we're going to get through this Iowa game, non-conference and then conference play is going to be here before we know it. And I think it, it, um, deserves an a note that izzy zagaro left the team to just personal things to work on some personal things so yeah she said uh she came out and said mental health and Mm -hmm. we talked very um adamantly on this podcast that mental health is health yep and i firmly believe that to this day probably more than i did even before so good for izzy doing what she needs to do and proud of her for doing what's what she had to yep Volleyball, Alisa took a road victory over number 21, Houston. I feel like every time we come on this podcast, we have something (laughs) fun to say about volleyball. Yeah. They ended Houston's eight-match win streak. It was their third-ranked victory of the season. Some notable points, Brooke Stone Street, Eric Stone Street's niece, which we figured out thanks to (laughs) producer Aiden last time, uh, crossed the barrier, 1,000 digs on her career. She's the 18th cyclone to do so. It was also her 20th double figure dig outing of the season and now which puts her 16th in Iowa State history. So she's 
she's etched her name very predominantly in the Iowa State history books. Yeah, that's awesome. They have UCF and Cincinnati this week, both at home. I think Cincinnati is the senior game. So yeah, get out and celebrate those ladies if you can. Already. Jeez. I know. I know. It's sad. Um, should we give a shout out to our girl, Hope Wood, and then take a quick break? Of course. Okay. HopeWoodJD.com. Christmas is coming up, Elisa. Have you ever thought to give the gift of a will? (laughs) Will in a day for a Christmas present. Can you imagine? Hey, mom, got you a will in the day program. (laughs) My brother called me the other day and he's like, what's your social security number? And I was like, not again. Not in this economy. And he was like, no, he said, no, I'm working on like will stuff. And Mm -hmm. sure. um, I know. But did he use hopewoodjd.com? Well, he didn't. He is in LA and he was, he was working on some stuff through his job. So I don't know if it was necessarily his will, but it was like insurance. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But it just, it got the wheels turning. Got me thinking. That's right. Got me thinking about will in a day get your will done in just a few short hours with our friend iowa state cyclone supporter hope wood use code fanatic for 50 dollars off her will in the day program all right we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk all things soccer okay lisa we talked last episode about the nwsl championships that were coming up our girl megan rapino ending her career Not only did she not end her soccer career as an NWSL champion, but as she put it, she yeeted her Achilles, which that's what the kids say. She's older than we are, but apparently she could say it because she's cool. She, uh, she busted her Achilles just moments before the match. Early. Early. Yeah. Like minutes into the match. So we've got Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins and Megan Rapino all with a What, what is happening? What is in the air? Yeah. Is there some Achilles like germ out there that's weakening the achilles of these superstar athletes i don't know anyways it was a bummer to see her go her go out like that um but she had a great attitude about it i mean i think she's just ready for her career to be over so yeah sad to see her go out but the good news is uh new york new jersey gotham football club went from worst to first they finished last in the league last year finish as NWSL championship champions this year. First championship in club history. I checked the viewership numbers. TV viewership was down just a smidge from last year, but in-person attendance was up. And I think all of that was probably overshadowed by the big news that was leaked by the league this week. They have a new four-year domestic rights partnership worth $240 million. It's with Amazon, CBS, ESPN, and Scripps. It's the biggest broadcast deal ever for a domestic women's sports league. It's big for more reasons than just the dollars. Obviously, um, when you put games on channels and networks that are viewable, it works. The three most viewed games on TV in NWSL history are all games that were broadcast on major networks, which is no surprise. But 118 matches next season will be broadcast or sorry, over the next four seasons will be broadcast on those networks. So that's a huge just visibility factor that was not in existence prior. So before it was Paramount, which I don't think a lot of people have, occasional games on CBS Sports Network. Now we've got a split between CBS Sports, ESPN, Prime Video, and Scripps. So 
Huge. 40-fold increase from their current deal with CBS. 40-fold. And people now know how to watch Prime video because of the (laughs) Monday night football. Wait, Monday? Thursday. Thursday Thursday. Thursday night football. Yeah. So that's uh, that was one of those deals that came out and kind of took my breath away because it was one of those moments where I was like, all right, they've made it. They've officially yeah. made it. So it was yeah. good to see. Um, U.S. Women's National Team, Emma Hayes, named the next coach of the team. It was announced last week. She's 47 years old from England. She's stepping down as the Chelsea head coach um, at the end of the Women's Super League season next year. I don't know what you read, but everything I read was praise for this hire. So I was going to ask you what you thought of this, because the headline that I read was that she was set to become the highest paid coach in women's soccer. Yes. So amazingly, her salary is going to match that of the men's coach for the first time ever. One point million per year. So I think that's probably a show of good faith by U.S. soccer to say, all right, it's time. We've talked a lot of talk about equality and, and here it is. Yeah. And um, oh, I just about dropped my mic. Uh, that would have been bad and really loud. Uh, it I everything I read from current players, past players, current coaches in the NWSL all said that they're really pleased by this hire. So, again, that's probably um I feel like that's not what we've not the kind of like universal support that we've seen uh, for any U S soccer decision (laughs) lately. So that was good to see as well. Yeah. All right. That ends my soccer about it. And I got excited about her being paid. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to see Alisa. I (laughs) we're back. We took a quick break because Alisa was dead. We're back. We're both out of breath, but we're back. I don't know if you saw this. I know you said you had a friend over for dinner last night, but on the Manning cast last night, Caitlin Clark became the first college athlete to ever appear. Not only just the first female athlete, the first college athlete. So I thought that was pretty cool that they recognized. Game. Yeah, I heard it. I game, heard that. game recognizes game. I was I was listening to Murph and Andy and Keith just dies for Caitlin Clark. And he was like, He's like, she's going to be the first college athlete to ever be on the Manning cast. And Andy was like, does anybody watch that? <laughs> hey, I will say in years past, I tuned in specifically for the Manning cast. Yeah. Last night, I did not only because it's the Chiefs and I wanted to pay attention to the game. Yeah. But uh, I, lo- I looked at the lineup and um, now I can't even recall who else was on it. But good for her. She's a diehard, longtime, <laughs> like forever Chiefs fan. So I bet that was pretty cool to sit with those two. Yeah, they do have some fun guests. They had Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, like talking to a donkey. Um, Will Ferrell. Now that you say that, I saw a clip of that. Yeah, them. yeah. They have some funny guests. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, had, I don't know if he had like internet issues or something, but it was funny. They're funny. Yeah, they, they are funny. I just, and I adore both of them. And yeah. I, I don't know what it is. I just, they're, they're just, I don't know. They're just like these normal, regular Southern guys that don't take themselves too seriously. And yes, I've always, and I think too, like we've seen like Peyton Manning on all these commercials and everything like that. And Eli was always known for just being like, I mean, like, yeah, but like for the lack of a better word, like kind of dumb. Yeah. Yeah. And boring. Yeah. And boring. Yeah. Yeah, And like beige. And, (laughs) but, but he's so funny on the show and you can tell that like all of those things, he puts them together in like a very like 
charming package yes that like works for him yeah and it's like oh it it wasn't like a negative thing all no. you put all of them together to be like a positive thing <laughs> It kind of reminds me of, um, I don't find Kirk Cousins as entertaining, but Ooh. after watching that quarterback series, I'm like, all right, I kind of like you. Yeah. And he tweeted a picture of himself out. Or he's, you know, he has that Achilles surgery. So yeah. he's, like, on. he's sitting in his recliner and it looks like my parents' living room. Like <laughs> he lives a very understated life. Yes. And it's just this like, oh, you're a good old boy. Like just this. There's something about him that's so unassuming that's hard to not like. And I feel like Peyton and, and Eli are the same way. Yes, they're which so, is, which is rare. I because know. it's so easy to hate. And we were talking about this earlier. Like, how do you hate Brock Purdy? How right, do you same hate vibe. Brock? But people do. I know. But I know. in general, I mean, people didn't, people didn't hate Eli. They just thought he was like overrated yeah they thought he was just like lucky for having won so many super bowls it's, which it's is weird kind of like, you know what okay. now that you say that it really doesn't make sense because i think people didn't like eli because they felt like it was silver spoon right yeah and brock is the opposite yeah mr. irrelevant and it's like people are pissed that mr irrelevant is successful and I don't get it. Like, why are you mad about that? It's an amazing story. Just embrace it and have fun. Right. It's freaking it's, weird. I swear that it's the just like people. Is I don't it know. Jealousy? It's jealousy in a, in the way that like they know they could never do that, but they think that it's maybe because they just never got the opportunity. Like Uncle Rico, like stop! What are you doing? You know what why I mean? Like, you, why do you keep bringing up Uncle Rico? I, because there's a lot of Uncle Ricos out there right now. Like, and I saw something on Twitter. It was uh, Jason Kelsey walking into the game last night. He had on his uh, letter jacket from high school, or maybe it was a replica. But, yeah. And the tweet was. Um, walking in all the class of 2009 guys walking into the bar on Thanksgiving. And it's so true. Like there's this subset, yes. it's mostly men. Like there's probably yeah. women like that too, but there's a subset of men who are like, Oh, if I would have had that opportunity, yeah. like, like, no, you couldn't. Yeah. No, you couldn't. Like Joe Burrow's dad was the, was the coach of my high school football team. And none of the guys that I went to high school with would ever be as good as Joe Burrow. And it just, it's hilarious. I don't know how we got here. The star, oh, the Mannings. That's how we got here. Yeah. 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 But I think you're right, though, that like they are so beloved because they could be any guy, whereas Brock couldn't be any any guy yeah you know what i mean yeah. i don't know i don't know what it is also i think in in you know like post football especially with eli i think peyton showed early on like yeah he came from this amazing football family but he didn't mm -hmm. take it for granted and he you right. know like he was the he was verbal about that and right. i don't think eli showed that until later and now that he's showing it it's like all right he's a yeah he's a good dude and peyton also did a lot like with snl he was on yeah. snl a lot that made yeah. him kind of yeah. i feel like people liked him because of that he didn't take himself seriously like, yeah 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 it's interesting i uh i would like to go well and i think that's the other reason the manning cast is so entertaining because they they bring these guests on 
who are just like larger than life, you know? And then mm-hmm. you've got Eli and Peyton sitting there. Like, yeah. And it's just this weird yeah. dichotomy that doesn't, doesn't really fit, but that makes it work. But, and it makes it work because they're, they are to football as their guests oh, are to whatever good it point. is that they, and so then their guests are there in something that's kind of out of their realm. You're right. You know what I mean? You're right. You are right. And they're more in like Peyton and Eli's realm, but Peyton and Eli welcome them like they're old friends. Yeah. I don't know. How did we get on this? Like, I I don't know, but Manning cast love fest, just analysis of the Manning cast, (laughs) but I I do love the Manning cast. I'll have to, I'd like to go back and watch, um, Caitlin solely for the, the fact that it's fun to watch women talk intelligently about sports Mm, capacity and, um, I want to talk about this in the red flag, but w- women who take that for granted really piss me off. So, yeah. Yeah. So good Ooh. for Caitlin. Another female uh, who really made a name for herself. We talked about her last podcast and about a year ago, Erin Matson, the North Carolina field hockey player turned coach. We told you she was conference champion in her first year uh, coach as coach. Well, now she's first year national champion, Elisa. Four national titles as a player turns around, becomes the coach immediately after graduating. She's now a one-time national champion as the coach. Like what a story. I hope someone does a 30 for, do they still do 30 for 30s? (laughs) I don't know. If they do, if they don't, they should bring it back just for this story. If they do, they should absolutely add this to the agenda. That's right. Yeah. And I've seen, I've seen people all over. Like posting about it. It's a big story. It is. And it should be a big story. That's an incredible feat. Yeah. And I know it's field hockey, but like just, we talked about it last time to be able to take over from the player to coach scenario in no time. I just think it's incredible. Yeah. Um, I am ready for our beige flag and red flag. If you're ready for it. Yeah. Okay. Have I, I, have I already told all mine? Um, you might have. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Beige flag. I was had the opportunity to go to Vegas to watch the Raiders and the Jets. And Raiders fans are a different breed, let me yeah. tell you. Uh, which is not a surprise. I knew this going into it, but it was my <laughs> first time seeing them in the flesh out in Vegas. And there were a lot of men dressed up in full costume, like painted faces shirtless these crazy um i don't even know what you would call them like they almost look like jailers from like a like goblin jailers like they just had like chains and stuff all over them but they look like monsters my point is it was insane like what they were wearing was insane so my but i thought about it and i was like you know what good for you yeah good for you for going out and looking like a ridiculous human just to cheer for your football team so my beige flag is men who go all out in costume for football games just don't freaking come back at us for going all out for taylor swift concerts or whatever the hell we want to can my red flag be for a very brief moment on the game yesterday they showed a man of like I, huge I know dude say. and he had a cookie monster tattoo on it. his bare belly I and the it. mouth was his belly button i did see that that is that is not a red flag that is in fact a very very red flag 
I just caught a cramp laughing at that. I saw the same thing and I was like, what did I just I, And it was just a brief moment. But you couldn't I saw not it. see it. Like yeah. if, you were, if your eyes were anywhere near the television, you were but, there. So they went to it and then our internet like <laughs> yeeted. Yeeted. <laughs> yeeted. Um, and we like couldn't see it. And I was like, what's going That's- on? <laughs> that's probably okay to be completely honest um i have several red flags today okay it's one of those days okay do you have a base flag first or did you already say um, no i okay. i think i've already said them all okay. um i have several red flags the first of which people saying and so far i've only seen men saying it but there's probably women saying it too mm-hmm. people saying that taylor swift is the reason travis kelsey has not been playing well oh she wasn't <laughs> there well, no, she wasn't there because she was in Brazil performing. But yeah, here's my thing. Okay. Let's not blame women for <laughs> men's bad performances. Yep. First of all, I do not think that Travis Kelsey has had a dip in performance because of Taylor Swift. Like, that's freaking no. ridiculous. But secondarily, even if that were true, like statistically, even if it were true, that's his own damn fault. It is. He can't yeah. be focused on football and his girlfriend or partner yeah. or whatever. Like, it's not her fault. Right. That's, I'm. If I see that again, I'm going to lose my lid. Do people is that off. is that like a thing that when it's you start thing. dating somebody that you're that you're then not as good at your job, or is it just specifically in sports? I don't. I mean, because I it know. doesn't make any sense to me. People were saying that Taylor Swift was like the Yoko Ono. Uh, which like don't laugh you're perpetuating the issue here (laughs) but like i thought it was really shitty like i'm sorry whose fault is that that's not her problem that's a travis problem problem. it is a travis kelsey and travis kelsey also was not the person who dropped the game-winning touchdown he dropped a couple couple passes in the red zone he fumbled in the room anyway Yep. So that's red flag number one. Red flag number two, Kim Mulkey for the way she is handling. I mean, just Kim Mulkey, period. Yes. Period. Uh, <laughs> but also specifically for the way she's handling this Angel Reese situation. Yeah. All right. Look, I understand and appreciate her point that sometimes things are just handled internally and we don't get to know the ins and outs of why. Matt Campbell does this. Bill Fennelly does this. TJ does this. Like uh, sometimes SHIT happens and that's just for the coaches and the players to deal with. The issue with Kim Mulkey is that she doesn't just say that. She has this big theatrical response about wah, 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 and like makes the reporter sound like a dummy for asking a very valid question. And I just think that she is doing this to draw attention to herself because the woman loves attention. And I'm going to bring up three male coaches that I think have very similar tendencies. Can I guess one? Yep. Deion Sanders. Nope. Oh, but see how that does, might happen. Yes. I can definitely add him to the list. These yep. are more seasoned coaches. Okay. All right. But, um, can I guess one more? Yeah. Are they men's coaches? There's they're all men's coaches, but I mean, like, do they coach men? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, Bill self. Nope. Um, okay. Just tell me. Okay. 
So I think, first of all, Greg Popovich is known for being mean, for being mean and condescending and not answering questions. And I didn't know this about him. He is known for that, but also like behind the scenes, a very like kind and generous person. Interesting. Because that's how I've always known him. That's interesting. However... Like pop will not answer your questions. We'll give you one word answers. Um, Bill Belichick also. Oh yes. Very condescending. Will not give you any information. Just kind of mumbles under his breath. The last one, this is going to be controversial. Kirk Ferentz. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) is that not the most condescending laugh you've ever heard? Every time I hear him laugh like that, you sound I'm like, like a horse. Right. It's like, <laughs> can't believe you even asked that. <laughs> like, I find him, and it's, it's, and I named the other two first, so you guys would not hate on me for being an Oh, Iowa is that right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. 100%. So good. I think 100%. he's that way too. I totally I find him to be incredibly condescending to. He was condescending with the whole, like, the whole Brian Ferentz thing. I find him to be condescending when people ask questions that he doesn't want to answer. He's talking about the court. Yeah. Yeah. And so. I agree. I don't know. I I don't know. People want to hate her. I mean. She has some traits that are hateable. But I I agree people also. Other other coaches do this as well. Maybe not so much in a look at me type. No, of and way. I I agree with you completely. This is not a limited to Kim Mulkey. She just happens right. to be the one that's doing it right now with yeah. a very high profile player. So it's she's just a uh, she's she's something. My last red flag, three of three, Carissa Thompson, Fox Sports Amazon Prime Video analyst. Carissa Thompson. She. I have to look her up. Hold on. Okay, tell me one. Okay, yeah, yeah. She, she uh, apologized because she said she used to make up sports, or sorry, reports when she worked as an NFL sideline reporter. What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she said it on what, Pardon My Take. What kind of, and I wonder how how common this is. It's not. Like, it's not. All of these <laughs> other female sideline reporters came out and were like, excuse me we worked our tails off to get to this job we take it very seriously we have established relationships with coaches so that they will talk to us like how awful are you that's crazy now she clarified her statement said she used to do it earlier in her career she never did anything that the coaches didn't tell her like before the game blah 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 like no the damage is done women already have a difficult enough time take being taken seriously and then you go say something like this i always say this i've said it a gazillion times on this podcast someone go back and count all the times i guarantee you it's a gazillion (laughs) you don't have to be a banner carrier but don't get in the way no that kind of stuff gets in the way yeah yeah that's wild you know what i there was a reporter on some espn show the other day and she was talking about um she was talking about football in a way that i have not seen many women talk about football and i i just sat there and kind of watched her and then the segment got over and it was gone and i was like oh i should have like 
looked at who she was but i was just like enjoying her report i'm gonna do some research and see if i can figure out who she is before the next podcast because we should shout out shout out the good instead of the idiots yeah um i lied to you i'm sorry i actually have a fourth red flag is this did you lie to me about your sideline reports as well (laughs) yes unbelievable my last and final red flag of the podcast thanksgiving food it sucks okay okay (laughs) i'm okay i don't know what to do right now i'm shaking i I don't i stand by my opinion guys this has been an incredible run a hundred and some podcasts 111 we've enjoyed our time here but unfortunately, this will be the last. <laughs> it's just not good. That's all I have to say. Respect my decision. Who? Maybe we should take this <laughs> offline, but I would like to ask <laughs> respectfully. My, my mom and grandma were great cooks, if that's what you're about to ask. It's nothing like they prepared everything exactly how it's supposed to be prepared. I just think Thanksgiving food is dry, bland, and blah. Okay. Well um turkey mm-hmm. is dry turkey is a dry meat um i make a i make a rosemary and garlic roulade that goes in the middle of a uh filleted turkey breast and i roll it up and roast it See, for an hour and a half Lisa, and it is moist and delicious that sounds moist and delicious but that's not thanksgiving food that yes, is, is a that is a your <laughs> take a, on thanksgiving food at turkey. which i would happily eat it is a turkey that is not thanksgiving food i would eat your thanksgiving food but it would have to say like thanksgiving asterisk by elisa i make kamala harris's cornbread stuffing kamala harris yes really she has a phenomenal sausage i thought i heard somebody outside (laughs) (laughs) the fbi is like don't give away her secret um (laughs) it's like um sausage cornbread stuffing i've been making it for years now it's delicious she tweeted about it one time and it's very good i would eat your thing i add um i add uh cream cheese to my mashed potatoes make some delicious i make a i make a sweet potato casserole that's dessert yes that's how it should be i make my own cream of mushroom soup oh and top shoot. and top my green bean casserole with fried onions that i make i fry them See, onion right. rings now this i can get behind let me rephrase because i love thanksgiving food traditional thanksgiving food as in like the like 1950s traditional thanksgiving food not good okay says thanksgiving food good very do do you like stovetop stuffing from a box i if it was present like i would eat it i I would eat it i love i I like stuffing i will say i like okay okay what don't you like then i think turkey is dry okay you just don't like turkey no 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 i will eat green bean casserole (laughs) like it's fine 
but to me it's kind of like just a like mush i don't like corn plain like i like corn on the cob i don't like corn just plain on my plate you like a corn casserole i would eat a corn casserole um i don't like gravy like pretty much on anything oh Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well Stuffing is okay. I can get behind stuffing. Yeah. I used to not like sweet potato casserole. I've come around on that. I can do a decent mm-hmm. sweet potato casserole. It's just, but it's okay. not my favorite. Okay. Well, we will. We'll take this offline. We'll take this offline. Um, Guys, wait, speak... oh, I'm sorry, send us a tweet. What do you think? Yay or nay? Am I wrong food. or am I right? Yeah. Hi. Do, actually. Pumpkin pie. Oh, I love pie. Like, okay, give me okay. all the pie. Okay. All the pie. We're back. We're back, <laughs> guys. There will be a 112 praise me uh last thing i want to mention alisa i want to give a little shout out to we will the we will collective is challenging cyclonation to raise six hundred thousand dollars by the end of the 2023 calendar year and that's made much easier by a group of generous donors who have agreed to match up to three hundred thousand dollars so all we need to do is get to 300 <laughs> and magically six hundred thousand dollars appears um, donors right now, there's a special for the holidays. If you give $50 or subscribe to a $50 membership, you'll receive a commemorative slate ornament, which the cool part is that's, um, in collaboration with cheers Inc, which is an ISU alumni owned small business here in central Iowa. So this is a really important time for, we will, I mentioned it before, but we don't want those young football players getting poached by other schools. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some stars on this team, mm-hmm. rising stars and, other teams aren't silly and dumb. They see it. So let's do all we can contribute what you can to make sure that we can keep those guys in Cardinal and gold. That's my spiel. I love it. That's all I got for you. That's all Happy, I got too. Happy Thanksgiving. I gobble, gobble. Delicious. Gobble, gobble. Go Cyclones. <laughs> Go State.